What's going on, everybody? How are we doing? Welcome to another episode of the Drink Hub Podcast. I am your host, Colby Marshall, along with my friend, co-host, Zach Lanning, as always. Zach, we had a lot of exciting rugby to talk about in recent weeks. NCR action all over the place on the men's and women's sides. You know, we saw some nominations come from that all-star event on the men's side uh, recently. And we might see some names come from the women's event that happened not too long ago. But man, exciting times, exciting times in the college rugby landscape. Yeah, I agree, Colby. It was a bit of like a dead period. Obviously, you know, we the fall season was awesome. And we had the, the playoffs and the championships uh, from the fall 15s. Hold on. Can I take my shirt off for this for this episode? What? Can I take my shirt off for this episode? <laughs> why why do you want to do that? Audience might want to see it, you know? It's a podcast. It's audio. <laughs> oh, this is not going to be. Okay. You know, we've released video before. <laughs> I, I mean, we have. I guess we could if you really want to do it. Uh, I don't that's know. Okay, that's okay. We have maybe a guest coming on later, so I don't know. If you maybe save that for when it's just you and me in the in the pod in the space. I'm fine with that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, no, I I was uh, it was a big period of time without college rugby, so I'm happy to have it back in my life. You know, we're gearing up. We had these uh, these all star tournaments, um, and we got you know we have the the CRAA stuff coming soon, uh, which we talk about a little bit in this week's college rugby wrap up. Josh does a great job, and and Olivia Benz and Daniel, who we had on last week is joining our team. She was on talk some stuff in the spring as well. So there's a lot of cool, cool rugby stuff coming in college space uh, in the spring that I'm pumped for. For sure. For sure. And, you know, I have to tell you, I was really impressed with the showing that the men put out in, in that all-star game, in that all-star event deck. And, you know, we, we saw a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, especially uh, 24 guys were named to that all-star team. Three of them came from that New England red team that won the championship. And man, we just saw a, a lot of talent. And I think it's, you know, such a great way. We've talked about this before, but such a great way to build the profiles of those young players, because, you know, we know that the upperclassmen uh, this year are getting looks at the MLR already, but it's those younger players that need more recognition. And I think this was a great way to do it. Yeah. So I'm glad they had the rising stars too, you know, so you get some, some even younger guys in there to get a taste of what it's like to play with the top competition um, it, it is interesting, you know, to see w- whether these the college players are, you know, shining in, in these moments. You know, they definitely took advantage of it. A lot of these guys uh, for MLR scouts. So we'll, we'll see if that starts translating into more guys reaching those those top spots and getting those contracts with the with the premier clubs. Um, but, you know, it's it's tough to see because, you know, we had Steve Lewis in, on the show talking about how it's hard for, you know, when maybe sometimes when you hit college, you're already too old to get into the MLR at that point. Um, but I don't know. There are a lot of guys that I thought really were were, you know, showing out. Like you said, they were good athletes. They're they're you know, they're maybe uh, role players when you get up there. Maybe they're not going to be the top of the top elite. But these are solid guys who great athletes, you know, know the game. Um, and it'll be great to, to kind of just get more recognition for them. It's same on the women's side. I mean, it was, it was really cool uh, to, to watch that all-star sevens tournament. Um, there are a lot, going to get a lot of looks from PR sevens, which is that, that, you know, new cool sevens tournament um, that, you know, there are a lot of players from that. I'm sure we'll start popping up on rosters there, uh, you know, in, in the WPL. So the, there are some opportunities for, for women in this country to progress too. Um, and, and they were definitely putting their hand up at the tournament. And speaking of that, Zach, are, are there any women in particular that you think are going to be nominated for that all-star team? Uh, any predictions coming from you? 
we'll we'll see. I mean, I I gave some names on the show, so definitely you know tune into our college rugby wrap up episode. The end of this week probably be out Thursday or Friday, depending on how quickly I, I get the edit out. But I I would say you know right off the top of my head, Allie Banks uh, from the Colonial Coast. She's from my neck of the woods up at UMaine. Um, she was great. She was a facilitator. She was a great you know powerful ball runner, great tackler. Uh, so had all the tools you need from a pro, a pro player. Uh, so you know she may see. Uh, some, you know, some, some interest uh, from teams, but there, there were plenty of, of women out there that I thought really showed themselves well, some really great athletes. Uh, Amanda Williams, another one uh, who was a really, really strong runner. I saw a play, I was looking at the highlights. She had this try where she, there are seven players on the field and sevens, obviously that's why they call it that. And she juked out six of the seven defenders on the other team uh, to score one of these tries. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, so I was just rewatching that earlier before we sat down to record this. So there are definitely some really talented, down talented women that I, I'm hoping to see at the next level. You need some B-roll. Uh, you need that in B-roll. I got it. I saved that clip. I, I'm trying to, I'm thinking of a way to like make a good meme out of it. You know, I'm working on my, my internet uh savvy here i'll get it up it's up on my twitter if you want to take a look at it at landing zach um but i'm trying to make it like i want to make it cool you know make it fun. yeah throw yeah. it on tiktok i'm not that i definitely am not on tiktok i'm too old for that i am i'm honestly a little intimidated by it as a platform well so, you, uh, you should know the demographic for tiktok is actually um a lot of old like not older not to say that you're old but <laughs> people in their 40s i think are on TikTok more than anybody else, like adults, older adults, you know, I so. I'm happy to happy. I like people send me links to TikToks all the time. And I, I'm like, Oh, this is funny. I like, I like when I get those, but I don't even want to download it onto my phone. I, I was a vine guy. Like I was really into vine, but only after it, it was gone. Like I came to it late through like YouTube compilations. So now I would feel weird. Like I was a Vine guy, you know, I can't go into TikTok, but maybe you're right. That was a good point you made. So uh, me and the other, you know, 40 somethings, even though I'm only 29, we'll get me and the other 40 somethings will hang out uh, on TikTok. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll get that clip up there. Um, but enough uh, chatting here. We have another guest today. We're going to, we have another really great guest. Uh, this is someone who Olivia actually from last week had recommended we speak to, and I'm really excited to have her on. Um, she is the president of the ACRA, the American Collegiate Rugby Association. She's going to uh, share some of her experience in the rugby space, uh, you know, some of the, the challenges and some of the successes that she has had and, and that the ACRA has had in developing the women's game in this country uh, at the college level. Should be a really, really interesting conversation. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Colby. I'm pumped. A few moments later. All right. And as we had mentioned, we are here uh, with Sam Hagley from uh, the ACRA, American Collegiate Rugby Association. Sam, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate you sitting down with us. Thanks for having me. Sam's got a lot to live up to. Olivia was fantastic last week. I know. I was alarmed that someone so cool would recommend someone so uncool like me, but that's okay. I'll try to help out. Well, sure, you do fine. Yeah, we got uh, plenty of time here for you to uh, acquire yourself well. Uh, and you, of course, you and Olivia both on the board of, of the ACRA. Um, how long have you guys known each other? Like, you, is the board close? Do you guys go for outings like uh, picnics or bowling or anything like that? So the board, actually, we all live in completely different states. So we haven't actually met in person. I don't think OBD and I have officially like met in person just over Zoom. That's kind of a, a pandemic thing anyway. I mean, most people now over Zoom. Uh, I see all the people that I know anyway over Zoom. But uh, the way it is. Yep. That, that, that is the way it is. Um, Sam, so if you could tell us a little bit, you know, about how you came to 
the ACRA? What kind of your how you came to rugby in general? What's your rugby journey? Like, I like to start out with that question, it's kind of because we all came from to the sport in different ways. Like, how, where have you been along your rugby journey? Yeah, so it's kind of funny. I went to Bowdoin College in Maine planning on playing soccer um, and that didn't work out. And somehow the rugby coach got my contact information and was like, can you please come to a practice? I was like, uh, I don't know what you do in rugby. I don't know what that is. Went to a practice, thought it was the coolest thing ever. She walks up to me. She's like, what do you think? I was like, I'm si- sign me up. I'm done. Like, let's go. It's great. Um, so played for Bowdoin for four years. Um, got a couple injuries, ended up having to like student coach some at the end. So I learned that I liked coaching, got my ref certification, my junior year, I guess, in, in college. So did that as well. Um, then kind of was away from rugby for a year. I'm in, um, medical school right now. So I was doing a gap year. And then when I went to medical school in Philly, um, my really good friends, fiance played at temple and said, you know, Hey, I hear they need some help for the women's side. Like I hear you play rugby. Why don't you, here's the guy's contact info. Why don't you shoot him a message? Um, sent him a message. He's like, yeah, come, come on, help us out. So assistant coach for him for a year. And then, um, he had to step away and the girls asked me to head coach. And so I actually stole my friend's fiance from coaching one of like the men's, um, one of their like B or C sides. He co had coached with me for temple. Um, and then I was working with them, got involved in the Mark, which is the Mid-Atlantic Rugby Conference, um, kind of like administration. So I do the women's coordinating for them. And um, then actually received some emails when there was the whole restructuring with the bankruptcy of USA Rugby. Um, and some people were saying, you know, hey, let's talk. You know, your former college coach said that, you know, you were pretty active in the women's collegiate community. What do you think about, like, let's just all have a discussion about what we want to do. Um, we talked. And it just turned out that kind of reforming ACRA, which is something I played under in college, actually, um, was the best decision for a lot of us. And so that's kind of like how it happened. And uh, we're going over who wanted who wanted to do different positions and no one said anything for president. And they said, why don't you do it? I was like, yeah, you sure you want to do that? And they said, yeah, I think you really would be a good fit. I'm like, okay, well, as long as you guys help me out, I think we can make this work. So (laughs) that's how we got to where we are now. I saw your uh, college profile that you played center and fly half. What uh, would you have more of a liking to Ooh. On, the, on the pitch? I, I guess it depends who I was playing um, center next to. <laughs> <laughs> I was center next to you. That's an interesting <laughs> answer. Okay. Uh, my fly half when I was, so I played center um, for Bowdoin my freshman and sophomore years. And my center, I loved so much. And we worked really well together. Um so it didn't, you know, it didn't really make a difference. I, it was almost kind of like a second fly half out there. Um, and we talked a lot, but I have a lot of responsibility. Um, <laughs> you don't get to just like enjoy running into people as much and stuff like that. And you always have to pay attention. You can't get caught picking daisies. Um, so I'd probably say center, but I did really enjoy my time as a fly half. It's more homework as a fly half, you know? Definitely. My college profile, I don't even know where that is. Oh, <laughs> the, the internet's a wonderful place. Uh, <laughs> took some stalking. Some serious <laughs> it's research. When you do it for the podcast, Colby, it's research. Okay. So that's, uh, you can label it something different, but um, <laughs> to just to get back to. Yeah, I've ac- done this a few times, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. I back in, I've 
I used to work in public news. And so it was, I did a lot of uh, researching people that I necessarily felt a little skeevy about sometimes, but I meant, stalk, uh, I meant stalking, but right. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fair too. Yeah. Again, we call it either one. Um, Sam, you talked a little bit about what you do for the mid Atlantic conference. What goes into coordinating uh, for the players? What exactly goes into that? Yeah. So every like kind of team plays in, you know, a conference, like we all know of like the ACC and the big 10 and, um, all those different sports conferences for NCAA, but rugby, you know, since it's not NCAA just yet. And because there's different, you know, strengths of teams from different schools, we have our own conferences. So for the mark for the women, um, I like set up all the conference games, um, make sure the teams are all registered and everything. And then we do our conference like playoffs and championships and determine who will send, um, to like the national tournament and stuff like that. So, we're also starting to do a lot more like education and stuff. And I'm very grateful that the mark, um, which is like got five, I think five different or four different men's divisions. And then one women's division cares so much about the women and wants to make like us involved and make things work. So, um, it's a lot like just for the teams. Um, but then it's, you know, slowly growing to be more of like an educational role, hopefully as well. And so at rugby, I think college rugby can be, uh, mystifying for some people like i know when you first get to it there's a lot of acronyms and there's a lot of you know different conferences um we call it alphabet soup on the show uh so just tell us a little bit about where acra kind of fits into that landscape um and what you what acra really is is it a, a conference or is it a governing body you know and then what are the missions um of acra you know we can get into that a little bit too because i've seen that on your website so just talk to me about yeah where, where does it kind of fit in in the college landscape so ACRA functions more as like a overall governing body for division two women's rugby. So um, I think it was in 2000, I'm trying to remember when I started in college, I think it was in 2000 and like 13, 14 um, is when ACRA like 1.0, the original one um, was around. It was kind of under USA rugby to run like a national championship for divisions, women two, women two. Women's two division. I can't even words to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, All the key terms are there. So there you go. Division two women's rugby. Um, so <laughs> they were kind of in charge of that at that point. Um, but still with USA rugby, then USA rugby said, you know, I guess we have enough, you know, bandwidth, we have the power, we, you know, have the manual power to run um women's playoffs then. So they did kind of like the national championships from then until the past like year until the pandemic essentially. Um, and then, you know, with all the restructuring and things like that, kind of one of the events of the restructuring was them taking a step back from college and high school, even and stuff like that and focusing more on pro and kind of putting more of the power back to the people, as you would say, with like all the collegiate council and stuff like that, that OBD is working on. Um, and so ACRA is still kind of, we are still a USA rugby affiliated organization. So, um, our registration goes through USA rugby. We're still a registered team. We have a say on the college council. Like we're all involved in that. All of our players play for USA rugby. Um, I personally think that that makes everything a little bit easier, honestly, because then you don't have to kind of like work from the crosstalk. Cause there's always going to be some, you know, some national governing body, like you have major league soccer, like you have all that stuff that you have to deal with. Um, so instead of kind of like stepping to be a little bit more of a separate entity, which is what um, NCR kind of is. Um, ACRA is more along the lines of like CRAA. We both play under the umbrella of 
USA rugby, but we govern everything that happens for our teams with our championships, our postseason, our education, like all of that. Um, we do that all ourselves. So what we've been doing, the reason that we kind of focused more just on div women's um, division two is because that's kind of can be a little bit more left out. And that's a lot of the players who didn't play in high school, you know, will play club in college, but aren't necessarily going to be Eagles. I mean, don't get me wrong. There have been some really good players from um, division two, but you know, the average player is not getting recruited. They're not there on a scholarship or anything like that. Um, so we wanted to make sure that that experience, which is just so empowering as it is, um, is available for everyone. And then we kind of like play our postseason as well with CRA with some teams um, from like the West Coast and we're doing some more stuff with them. So that's kind of how that happened. We didn't really want to like rock the boat or leave anything, make it easier for the women. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how we got to where we are now. So you just felt that that was kind of a, a, an underserved population in the rugby space. You want to make sure that they were kind of getting the 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 benefits of having a, a governing body looking out for them okay and then kind of putting all that stuff together because i know it can be challenging uh to, mm -hmm. to connect dot those i's and cross those t's sometimes it definitely is we just got lucky i think that we have enough people who were passionate about this and kind of wanted to undertake it i mean there are some coaches who you know i played against their team in college when they were coaching and they're still there um so there's a lot of people who have been around the game a lot longer than i have um who also thought it seemed to make a lot of sense. So I, it made me feel a little better as kind of a newer face that we were making the right decision. Um, and so far it's worked out really well. And so you have four conferences under the kind of ACRA banner, is that correct? Yes, um, technically. So there's the like Rocky Mountain, which is technically under CRA, but they play with us. Okay. For the postseason, if that makes any sense. I, everything makes sense in college rugby because and I've seen that in other places too, where, you know, like I think BYU women's team plays in D D one elite on postseason only, or at some point that happened. So I I'll believe anything that anybody says about uh, college rugby. So, but okay. So that makes sense. Um, and so what are some of the challenges? I think that, I guess, you know, we can get into some of the specifics. So what would you say is the most challenging thing about, you know, working with what ACRA does or kind of running this, this, uh, this entity? So I think the hardest thing is that all of us have other jobs and lives and stuff like that. And we're all doing this just for fun. Um, so I'm about to graduate medical school and uh, I'll be an emergency uh, room physician. You know, people are teachers, people are everything else. So like we're balancing our regular lives with doing ACRA for fun. We don't have anyone who's like full-time paid. We don't have any paid staff. Like everyone's just doing it out of the goodness of their heart. So sometimes it's kind of hard, you know, to follow through on all these little ideas that you had because everyone's doing everything. Like we have a staff member out in Alaska. So, you know, people are everywhere, different time zones, doing everything. It works out in the end because everyone cares a lot. Um, but if not for that, like it would definitely be a little bit of a mess. The the first mission on your guys' site, again, another, I found this on the internet, um, the first mission on your guys' site to increase growth and awareness of women's rugby. Um, and I, I just wanted to ask you, I guess, because we hear that all the time about, you know, growing the game, uh, not just the women's game, but the game of rugby in general in the States, but like for the women's game specifically, what, what does it mean to you when we say grow the game? Like what does healthy growth look like for the sport? Um, you know, or is it on the right track now or what, what has to change or what, what does that, what does that term mean to you when you think about it? So when I think of grow the game, I think more back, 
not on, you know, the big level. I think about when I was back in college, I think about the teams that we played. And for me, growing the game is that any team, you know, that says they have a team um, and is going to schedule a game is going to have, you know, enough players and enough subs to play a game. Um, growing the game means that everyone knows that there's a, t- a college team, a women's rugby team at their college, if there is one, they've heard about it and they would feel totally welcome and totally open going there. Um, I can't even tell you how much of a difference it makes just having, you know, those happy players who like things um, like coaching temple. We maybe would have 12 girls at practice our first year consistently. And then this past year, you know, we were consistently having 30 plus, like it's insane. And it's all because of them. We did nothing like the girls just were telling everyone how much fun they had and how much they love the environment they were in. So for me, growing the game is definitely more of a small scale that I think kind of leads to bigger things. Um, and I think the more people that play, the more people that fall in love with the game and just understand it, it'll take off and it will get to that point. Um, so, you know, silly stuff like that, things like making sure as many games and stuff are broadcast so that people can see, you know, it, it just makes a difference for people to know that rugby's out there and know it's an option for them. Um, especially, you know, I played with girls in college who had never played a sport prior to coming to rugby and were some, you know, really amazing players. So I think it's great to have that opportunity for everyone since, you know, that's the best thing about rugby is there's a spot for literally every body, every type of person. Um, so I think really making sure everyone understands that, especially for women where, you know, body image and stuff like that can be such a sore spot, um, really making them feel comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. And I think the U S national team, uh, if, if I may, like talking about their sevens team, when you see the likes of Naya Taper and what she does on like TikTok, I think she's a great representation of them. And, you know, if I was a young girl, you know, uh, interested in athletics, you know, I would probably look up to someone like Naya Taper just, you know, from seeing her energy and like how she presents herself and how she carries herself like on social media. So I think they do a great job of representation for women. The Temple girls did some TikTok. I don't do TikTok, so I don't know. But they did some like TikTok challenge that she had done and like tagged her or something. And they were all excited. Oh, get out. Yeah. They did whatever her TikTok was and everything. And it was a big deal for them. So, yeah, I totally agree. She's a big deal. She's a big deal. That's funny. Colby and I were talking about TikTok before we get into this interview. So that's twice. I may have to go join. I don't know. It seems like that's the place to be. But uh, I, I I agree with you, though. It's interesting. I mean, I think because I think some people think about growing the game and I think they see dollar signs and they see like college football or something like that where, you know, they're going to make a lot of money. I don't know that's necessarily where we should be headed or where we could ever get to. Because uh, like you said, I think that kind of might take away from somewhat of the the college rugby spirit that I loved when I played. Um, I mean, is that something that you've been at all kind of different levels of the game now as a player, coach, administrator? Um, is that something that worries you or like, is that, you know, do you not see that ever happening? I honestly, at least not in the near future, think that rugby has really the potential to get that way just because of the type of like people and the fans and stuff like that. You know, the fans that you get that are coming to rugby games they're rowdy. They are going to stand on the sidelines and yell with their poster and have a beer from the beer truck. If there's a beer truck there, like they're not, you know, dressing up to go to their game and like all this other stuff. And I think that's like half the beauty of it is that like Saturday is a rugby day and you're just going to go and you're going to find whatever game you can. I don't like, you know, to have something like that rugby would first of all have to be played on a day. That's not a Saturday, which I think would just really kind of blow some people's minds. 
um, <laughs> caused major consternation among the community. So I'm not concerned. Um, I hope that it grows a little bit. You know, we had this really awesome like stadium style. It wasn't a huge stadium, but for um, nationals with CRAA this past um, fall. And, you know, it wasn't full. It would have been nice to see more people there. Um, I would have liked that. But at the same time, like there were fans and there were a lot of people watching online. So I can't complain. Yeah, I think you mentioned just like making sure that uh, the games are watchable, you know, accessible. Uh, That's a huge step. I think that the game could take that is not necessarily that difficult. I mean, there is some coordination that goes into it. It does take a lot to produce these broadcasts. You know, I've, I've seen it from the, the back end as well and, and the, you know, yeah. the administrative side of things, but it is huge for any sort of growth to happen for people to be able to watch the, the sport and know who the players are and who the teams are yeah. and the coaches are, you know, sometimes we can't even get schedules for certain conferences necessarily. And again, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything. These, as you said, these are all people who's not their day job to run these conferences. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. So, but it is, you know, those are things that are, that are easily attainable and I think would help take the game to the next level. I definitely agree. I can't get a schedule either. If it makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. It's it's hard too because everyone's trying to save as much money as they can and do it all themselves, which is like awesome. But let's be real, we don't all know how to do WordPress. I don't. I tried. It didn't go well. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get there. We're not there yet, but we're really trying. Yeah, I, kudos to you. I mean, so it, besides like a an influx of just billions of dollars, what what do you think is the next important thing? Uh, we could touch on a little bit, but for for the the game to grow or or something that would. Um, help, help the women's game specifically kind of grow. Um, and do you feel like it's trending in the right direction already? So, I mean, I think like the women's big win last weekend is kind of a a big deal. Um, I'm going to definitely say that's a big deal. I think it's awesome just for younger girls and girls in high school and stuff like that, to be able to see what rugby is, because I barely knew the sport before I went to college. And honestly, if I had known what it was, I would have played before college. I mean, like I played basketball and soccer, I would have played rugby. Literally. I have this memory of playing in a soccer game one time and someone, some parent yelled that there should be a card given to me because I looked like I was playing rugby and not soccer. Wow. So, you know, I found my home, Um, (laughs) but I think just giving like having it so that people can see what's going on. So seeing these great players do good things. It's not fun to watch, you know, your team lose by a lot. It's really not being more competitive, which thankfully we have been lately, especially for the women's game um, and making it so that people can see the different levels. I really think that that's really important, um, you know, so that we're not only broadcasting, you know, the women's like D1 elite and the men's like, you know, D1, I forget how their letters and everything are. <laughs> um, but, you know, getting to see the women's division two, the team that you could be playing on when you go to college, um, just getting that visibility out there a little bit more and definitely making sure that teams are able to like recruit players. Um, if they had filmed my games when I was at Holy Cross, I would have played a lot harder because I usually do a lot for the camera. I'm kind of a, a hand for the, <laughs> I, w- I didn't want to do because nobody came to watch. So why was I going to bother? You know, I would have been better. Colby you probably would have been the same. You probably still would have been a, better. You know. That's a horrible mindset, Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I, that's, I can't I, change that. I'm, personally, I'm trying to visualize what would warrant the soccer mom to make that comment. Okay, I played defense, so I don't know, but I didn't actually tackle anyone in my own defense. I played in Northern Virginia. The soccer moms were a little uh, extreme. 
I will say it's funny the you say that Carly Waters, uh, the scrum half for the USA Women's Eagles 15s, was on the Eagle-Eyed Rugby podcast recently. Uh, shout out to Eagles Overseas. And she had a, the exact same story in that she played soccer growing up and all her coaches would tell her, you are too aggressively playing soccer. You should play rugby. Like you seem, you, you might love this sport called rugby. Uh, you know, this may not be the right one for you. And she went and she loved the game after that. So that, that's funny that that's, you know, a similar uh, kind of path that, that women find themselves taking to get to the game. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. That's awesome. So just a few more questions for me. Uh, what, if anything, would you like to see from USA rugby going forward? Is there anything more that you would want them to be doing in the college space? Or are you kind of happy that they've given ACRA this, uh, you know, uh, you've given them, they've given you kind of hands off, like, here's your mission, kind of go ahead and take care of it how you see fit. Um, I think I would like maybe a little bit more support, not necessarily in organizing like championships and playing and things like that. Um, but when we're trying to do like education and stuff, um, it's definitely hard. We're finding everyone we're paying for it. We're like fundraising and, you know, we don't have all this abundance of money for this. Like we just don't We're, you know, we try to make dues enough so that we can host our championships and that's it. Um, so adding in the extra money for stuff like that is really hard. So whenever we can have help for someone willing to, you know, educate and do something from that aspect, that'd be awesome. Um, just like, it, I feel like it's kind of little things. We don't need a lot of help with organizing the actual game and the playing, but if we're going to try to grow the sport, I think everyone needs to really be working together regardless of what the governing body is. Um, and I think that's a little fractioned right now. Speaking of growing the sport, uh, talk a little bit about the polar bear camp. Uh, is that something that's still going on? How familiar are you with that? Uh, can we expect to see, see that in the future? Oh, polar bear rugby camp. Oh, Mary Beth would be so happy. Um, so I worked for polar bear rugby camp, which was, um, our coach, Mary Beth Matthews summer camp. Um, and I just looked and they are having camp this summer in 2022, July 7th to 10th. So you should go. Um, <laughs> but I worked for her as her social media and then kind of as like a camp director for my senior year, I think like junior year and senior year I did, um, social media. And then I was like a camp director my year between um, college and medical school. And nice. Polar Bear Camp is the best thing ever, in my opinion. Um, it's a shame that it's up in Maine because I feel like it makes it not accessible to as many people. Um, but Mary Beth gets some of the best coaches and educators um, of players and of like coaches for their coaching camp from all over the world. Even it's not just the country. Like she has people who come in from England and, you know, have all this experience. Wow. It is truly the most amazing thing. You're playing with players who are, first of all, new and know nothing. And then you have these players who, you know, are high schoolers and have been playing for four years and are trying to get recruited to go to a premier school. There's, and everyone is great about it. It is such like a friendly and has a friendly environment with such great camaraderie and spirit of four days of everyone just like dying in the main summer, which if you haven't experienced that yet, Zachary, it gets hot. It does. <laughs> That's good. It gets very cold in the winter. And so I'm looking forward to a, a warming in the summer. Yeah, it's hot in July. It gets cool, <laughs> at night, but it's hot in July. Um, so honestly, that was one of the best things ever. Um, she, they really have it so that it's split up based on like player level, but then there's a lot of crossover. So if you're kind of like a newer player, you'll be working, you're not going to be thrown in, you know, with this girl who's trying to get recruited for 
a premier school, you know, you'll be playing with people who are more at your level, but there's always these amazing opportunities for growth. So if you're on day one and you're in that first group and you're, you know, picking everything up super fast, she'll give you harder competition. Um, and so it was actually like men's and women's for a while. Um, but it was a little difficult just to have kind of the bandwidth to, you know, have everything for men and women. So it ended up switching to just women's, which honestly, I think has been really good. It was kind of funny because, it, you know, had a lot of competitive women coming. And even when they would scrimmage against the guys, they would sometimes win, which was hilarious. And they made the guys very mad. Check out play. play, play. <laughs> I made them very mad, but it's honestly the best opportunity for the players at the camp. And then she has this really great coaching session, um, which I kind of like participated in, um, one year as well. And just really had like, while I was doing, um, admin stuff for her participated in that. And it was really great to get to hear how to coach from some of the premier coaches and give me something to take back to my team because, you know, if you didn't play rugby until college, you've only seen one or two coaching styles and you don't know what you like and what's going to work. So I tried to take some stuff from people I liked, um, from other sports, but just really getting to see all these different people with all their different ideas was amazing. So I'm so glad you brought up polar bear rugby camp because I really think everyone should go. Zach, you need to be there. I will, I'll put the main slander aside. I think it's accessible for anybody who has the spirit and the heart. Okay. <laughs> take it up here. You can get, I drove eight hours to and from Jersey in my move a few times. So, but no, that sounds like a wonderful thing. I mean, is that, are these kind of camps integral to kind of growing the game as well? Do you think like, I would love to see more of these kinds of opportunities for people around the country. Oh, definitely. I think that it's hard for rugby just because a lot of these kind of camps are like, you know, I went to them in high school. It's for people who are really serious about their sport and have been playing for a really long time and want to get better. And it's not as accessible. Um, so I think having a camp run by Mary Beth, who, you know, coaches one of the best um, varsity and oldest varsity women's teams in the country, um, but also, you know, gets half of her team from people who have never touched a rugby ball before is like really good context um, for both players and for coaches to kind of understand how to work with people from every level. So Colby, you can open a camp for, you know, like people that aren't, that aren't as good, but like, you know, that's kind of where your level is. You're just like, you know, not super serious about it. If you want. Slight? Was that a slight? <laughs> We're so far into the podcast. Now, I just feel like I had to take a shot before we, uh, that was, I did not see that one coming. Wow. I, right. I know. I just, I disguised them pretty well. Any highlights for this upcoming spring season for any of your, I know Vassar was the, the, champion uh in the fall season in 2021 what do you got have on deck for your conferences coming up in, in the spring of 2022 anything you want to shout out um so i'm super excited for sevens um just a little like kind of sneak peek there's going to be some really awesome um kind of like joint sponsored tournaments with acra and craa coming up most likely um some really fun stuff sevens is great for the women's game because just a team just because a team was good in 15s does not mean they're good at sevens and it goes the other way around so um as long as you've got like seven girls you can play sevens you don't need your full like 15 so we'll see i it's always really fun in the women's game um to do some sevens tournaments you never know what's going to happen for sure for sure 14 minutes anything can happen right Ups- upsets galore then just two more for me before we go. You were telling me um, when we were setting this interview up that you have a dog and that she's a therapy dog. 
what's her name? What is that experience like? How does that work? What is that? It sounds amazing to me. I have a cat who's very much not a therapy cat. He's very much an angry <laughs> cat. Uh, so I'd love to hear about this, this uh, thing that you do. Yeah. So Lace, her name's Lacey. Um, I say when people ask her breed, I say she's a Philly special because I don't have any clue <laughs> what she is. She was a street dog in Philadelphia. I would um, not peg someone a dog from Philadelphia to have a kind and gentle uh, demeanor, but I and most uh, Philly. I'm not. I I'm a New York fan, so I have some Philly slander in my heart. I'll you're try biased. to back. But yeah, you're I'm a little biased. biased. But if, generally, if you think of Philadelphia, I don't think of warm and cuddly. Yeah, no. So she's from North Philly too, which is like the not the warm and cuddly part of Philly <laughs> at all. Um, but it's funny. I was just like saw her at the shelter, adopted her. I took her to one training session just when I had first gotten her to kind of give her best shot at learning everything because she clearly had like not been in a house. Um, so and we took her there. They're like, Did you ever think about her becoming a therapy dog? And I said, No. Um kind of just started from there. And then we worked and we trained together a lot. And now um we go to like group homes, retirement homes. Um, recovery facilities from um, drug and alcohol use disorder. We're doing our training to actually go work at the hospital where I work during the day. So you didn't think I could get enough of the hospital. I'm just going back with her. Um, but it's honestly her favorite thing ever. She's about 60 pounds of love and she'll just lean on you and just demand pets the entire time. Um, she loves going to rugby games as well. Actually, she has her own temple bandana, so she's a big fan of the sport. That is excellent. That is very, that is great. Um, I, I love to hear uh, what people in the rugby space do in their spare time, because it's always wonderful, uh, and helpful to be, so I, I, you know, that that's great, uh, that, that you do that. And somehow you find the time to do that on top of your side gig is running the, the ACRA and your job and everything <laughs> like that. Um, but who else, speaking of anybody else in the rugby community, you think that we should talk to on this podcast going forward? We're trying to kind of expand our horizons or, you know, cast the net a little wider, get some guests that maybe we wouldn't have thought of in the first place. So any, any names come to mind right off the bat? Yeah. So I have, he, he's going to be, I don't know if he'll be happy with me or mad at me. Um, one of the guys I work with for ACRA, um, his name is Keith. I'm going to butcher his last name, but I'll send it to you guys. It's, I think it's Catnatch. Um, he does he coaches like a varsity team. He works with, um, his conference as well is also part of ACRA despite not having a team in ACRA coached kind of the all-stars for his conference at NCR. He's a really cool guy. Um, and I think you guys would have a very fun time talking to him as well. Actually, he's a hoot to hang out with. That sounds like a great conversation. So we'll, we'll, we'll reach out to Keith. Uh, hopefully he's not, I uh, didn't give too much of a hard time. Uh, we don't have any uh, production assistants doing the bookings. It's all us. So we'll see if he uh, is, is happy to talk to us or not. But uh, Sam, we really appreciate your time uh, t- today. This is a great conversation. Um, you know, we'd love to have you on in the future. If Acra has anything you want to, you know, pro- promote or, or highlight or talk yeah. about. Um, yeah, we are here. So again, appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much, Sam. Thanks for having me. Have a great rest of your day and good luck. Hopefully Keith says yes to you. Well, that was a great conversation with Sam Hagel. I really enjoyed that. She had a, uh, tons of stories and experiences to share and really enjoyed that conversation, Zach. Yeah, me too, Colby. That was really uh, cool. I, I thought we, we covered a lot of really good ground in, in terms of growing the, the game and the women's game. And, and you know, she had a really great perspective as, as again, somebody who's kind of been at all levels of, of the game as a player, coach, administrator, 
you know, done some camps and things like that. So I, th- I think that's interesting that so many people involved in rugby just become rugby lifers, you know, and do, even if their playing days are, are kind of up or they'll play forever and also on the side, be involved in three or four other organizations, you know, that are rugby themed. So because similar to us, like, yeah, like we, you know, we, we played in our playing days and, and, but now we do this with rugby just because we, we love the sport. We love the game. So it sucks you in, it sucks you in. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. You do, yeah, and you love it for for not a lot of uh, money or, or recognition or anything. But I think that's changing. Uh, like you were not talking yet. about, not yet. You were talking about the the sevens team, and I, you know, that's so true. That like the, the 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 better that they get, and the more visible they are, like you know, to to young people on social media and stuff, like the better it's going to be for the game. And they're definitely doing their thing. So I I, I love to see it. Yeah, I actually got to meet Naya in the. Uh, in the tryout for the international sevens league, she was one of the coaches there and she's just, she's the same way that she is on social media. Like her energy is just on another level. She's always got this big smile on her face. And like I said, just a great representation of uh us women's rugby. Well, uh, her and Alona Mar actually have a podcast too. I listened to a few times, Leo's Den. Um, that is pretty interesting. If you guys want to check that out, but this has been our podcast, the drink up Colby and Zach, uh, for those who are just joining us, College Rugby Podcast, part of the Rugby Wrap-Up Network, looking to kind of highlight the, the college game and, and some of the people that make it possible. So, you know, make sure you tune in. We're going to have a lot more interviews like this, a lot of great episodes coming up uh, the rest of the season. We're trying to do a weekly, uh, you know, check us out at the Drink Up Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can get me at Lanning Zach on Twitter as well. Colby, what's your Twitter handle? At Colby Marshall 2. Check me out on there. Make sure you get Colby on at Colby Marshall too at rugby wrap up. See all of our stuff, follow us uh, on YouTube, everything uh, you can get this podcast, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you listen to it right now, that's where the rest of the episodes will come to. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, appreciate Sam joining us again today. Colby, appreciate you taking the time from your very busy schedule to, to sit down with us as well. So uh, we'll, thank you, uh, my man. Thanks for letting me take my shirt off. Well, we'll get there. I'm telling you one day, one episode down the road, it'll happen. Uh, maybe I'll do it too. We'll see. Maybe I'll go, I'll start going to the gym. Who knows? Uh, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Match my energy. <laughs> that's what, if you want to, if you want to see that, all right, keep tuning into the pod. Uh, but thanks. Thanks again, guys, everybody for listening in. Uh, make sure you subscribe, tell your friends and uh, Colby, why don't you take us out? Cheers guys. Cheers. Cheers.